You're listening to The Healthy Sensitive. Welcome everyone to The Healthy Sensitive, a podcast for highly sensitive superheroes and creative renegades who want to learn ways to take care of themselves even as they take care of the world. My name is Leah Burkhart, your hostess on this show, and today what I want to talk about is being a part of the solution. I've been hearing a lot of this talk lately about, you know, I think we're, we're all going through cycles of... Uh, collective hopefulness and then collective weariness, collective hopelessness. We go through a sense that, hey, we're going to pull through this and we'll be stronger for it in the end to eh, maybe we'll get through it, maybe we won't. <laughs> to, I mean, we're in crazy times right now. And I think the, the most poignant and most the, the wisest thing I've heard so far was from of course, Elizabeth Gilbert. I reference her all the time. Clearly, I'm a fan. But she put out an Instagram video that was just beautiful. And she was tipping her hat to a beloved friend who unfortunately died of cancer uh, within the last year, I think. At any rate, what she, Elizabeth Gilbert, said is, you know, the world is doing exactly what the world is supposed to be doing. And that is being a world. And it's crazy chaos out there. But it's always crazy chaos. It was always crazy chaos even before all of this came up. I think really what this pandemic meets, economic potential crisis meets, you know, leadership vacuum meets emotional uncertainty, all of that stuff was always present. It's just that before this point, and for a considerable amount of time before this point, we were able to collectively tell ourselves a story. Um, Anyone who's familiar with uh, oh, I've never pronounced his name correctly, but his last name is Harari. Uh, he wrote Sapien, as well as Homodeus, as well as uh, Lessons for the 21st Century. And he talks about how one of the most impactful things human beings were able to do as a species was create collective stories. That's what is tying us together. I mean, evolutionarily speaking, the only thing that, uh, you know... The, the only, the only, the amount of people that we're able to stay connected with and kind of be on board with and, and identify as, yeah, this is my team. Uh, we got about 150 and it, that's not his number. I want to say it was Dunbar's number. Uh, yeah, about 150 people is what we have the capacity for to really connect with, identify with and keep within our circle in a genuine, authentic way. And somehow, despite the fact that that's our cap, We've been able to hack our own systems and develop strategies to create camaraderie with complete strangers. I mean, how many millions of people live in America and we all identify as American? How many Russians are there? How many Chinese? And they all identify with some form of an identity. That's a a monumental achievement for any species to surpass their evolutionary capacity for connection. And so one of the stories that we've told ourselves most recently is a story about capitalism and about democracy and about uh, growth and progress. And I'm not saying these are bad stories. I'm not saying that they're good stories. 
I'm only saying that they are stories. And the stories that we've been weaving for ourselves includes a, a narrative uh, that says, it's all okay, it's only gonna get better from here. Uh, we can, we're always gonna be making it better and better. Uh, there, there's, we're safe. Uh, we can have some control and some agency over our lives. And I'm not saying we don't have any influence in our lives, we absolutely do. All I'm articulating here is influence is about as far as it goes. A lot of our lives are dictated by environmental shifts and, and structures that are in place that have very little to do with us. At least, it, here's an example. I was born here in America. I didn't choose to be born here in America. I didn't choose not to be born here in America. It's not like it was a fight, it just happened. And I was endowed with a number of perks and benefits as an American, simply because of good fortune. Uh, I didn't choose to be female, but I am. And that has informed the way I navigate the world. I didn't choose to be my height, my weight. My, well, I guess my weight I have some influence over, but at any rate, there's lots of things I didn't choose. And yet, we've told ourselves a story about agency, about how we can control our lives in a big way. And that's a useful story. I don't, it, there's something really lovely about saying to each and every one of us, it's, we've got this and we have control. But we don't. We never did. We do have influence. And the measure of our influence is really informed and, and and capped by our own ability to develop ourselves. And so that's where I want to start when I launch into this conversation about being a part of the solution. Because for better or for worse, whether you love Trump or hate him, whether you love your governor or hate him or her, there really does seem to be kind of a leadership vacuum right now. And that's unfortunate. I mean, I, again, because I don't want to go jump on the whole, oh, it's all Trump's fault wagon. Um any more than I want to jump on the, oh, he's going to be our savior wagon. It, he's a dude. <laughs> he's a guy. <laughs> he's currently occupying a space. I haven't seen anyone, though, come up and say, all right, listen, Pally, like, you're not doing a super stellar job of keeping your shit together. Why don't you step aside? Let me come on into the fold. Let me do a better... Like, I'm not seeing that. So what does that mean for us as a nation or as a citizen of the world, if one of the most powerful people on the planet isn't doing a super hot job of comforting an entire nation of people who feel really uncertain. It means that we each as individuals need to be, and we need to find ways to be a part of the solution. Okay, well, great. <laughs> what does that look like? What we have a tendency to do is to go straight into, well, that means I have to be the solution. I have to get completely informed about what's happening in the world. I have to know exactly what the numbers are of COVID-19 cases. I need to know exactly what's going on with the economy. I need to constantly be up and up, I mean, up and up, uh, uh, you know, applying to 15 different jobs. And I, I need to be, you know, rationing. I need to go buy 25 barrels of toilet paper. I know that joke's getting old, but I'm still getting a kick out of it. But so what does it really mean to be a part of the solution? Um, here's a hint, not those things. That's not helpful to try and take on the entire world onto your little itty bitty shoulders. I mean, you can give it a shot. I haven't seen anyone do it successfully, but you know, maybe try it out. I don't know.
in my mind, being a part of the solution is spending some time cultivating ourselves and bringing our best selves into the fold. And the only way to do that, I mean, what better opportunity to do that than now? When we're all being asked to stay home, to sit still, to do nothing. We keep saying, oh, I'll get healthy as soon as I have time. Guess what, kiddo? You've got some time. We keep saying, oh, I'll learn to meditate when I have more time. Um, (laughs) Busted. (laughs) You've got the time now. (laughs) And I do think it's really interesting. I, I don't. I, I, I want to be very careful with the next few lines that I say because if I say them poorly, it can sound like a lot of shaming. And I, I don't want to go there at all. But we all do have a role to play in our capacity to be healthy enough to fight this thing. I am not talking, you know, the, this virus has come in and yes, it does seem to be hitting Uh, the elderly at disproportionate levels. We can't do anything about our age. And that's a tragedy. And I want to be clear about that. that I don't want to shame anyone for having been savvy enough and intelligent enough and fit enough to have lived long. No one should be, you know, and I certainly don't want to be able to say like, oh, well, you know, if you'd only been healthier, that's, that is the shadow side of holistic health. I mean, me being the holistic health woo-woo gal. Uh, I love that health education can be an empowering tool. I just don't love that it can be a self-shaming tool. Nevertheless, the kinds of things we're hearing about this virus is that it seems to be hitting people who already are, for example, smokers. Um, It seems to be hitting those with high blood pressure. It seems to be hitting hard to the population who have diabetes, who have other inflammatory conditions, Uh, those who are overweight. I'm not exactly clear on why being overweight is an issue, except to say that it does make uh, our lung capacity a little bit more challenging. But outside of that, the research I'm seeing isn't exactly clear. Otherwise, I'd share it. So, and, and... I also should stop here and say there I haven't seen specific cases or examples, but I am hearing that there are people. I mean, Sam Harris gave a really great, not great example, but a pointed example of a friend of his who's in his 50s, which is not old, and who caught this thing while out skiing. So you can imagine the level of fitness this gentleman would have had to have had already. And then he got hit by this virus and ended up in the ICU. So... I also do not want to discount the very real reality we're facing. This thing is not only hitting those who are quote unquote vulnerable, but it is hitting a pre- like the, the primary population of people that are getting hit the hardest from what we're seeing, or at least from what I'm hearing, is a group who are suffering from chronic illness. Most of these chronic illnesses can be... Uh, impacted by our own behaviors. So being a part of the solution is not just about developing ourselves in this woo-woo sense where it's like, oh, be your best self and go out there. It's like, no, at this point in the game, and I know I mentioned this last week, but it really is our patriotic duty. And not just as a, you know, in terms of a nationalist point of view, but like as a humanitarian point of view, every moment that you're spending taking care of yourself right now, 
is a moment, is an investment in our species. I mean, that's wild to think about. I mean, that was always true, though. It's just now it's becoming more apparent. It now is a really great example of like how important it really is to keep your immune system firing optimally, to keep your body fit, to keep your lung capacity strong, and to keep your head. Anyway, so I kind of want to go into more detail about more specifics. What can I, little old me, do in this insanity to be a part of the solution? Number one, meditate or spend some time in or reflect, however you want to use that word. I can't stress enough, um, how might I put this? For myself personally, I've noticed that I, my car, what I'm calling my karmic leash is super short. So whereas before, you know, some, like I have some pretty good habits in place. I mean, I'm obsessed with health. That's, that's my sweet spot. That's my jam. So, I mean, that's sort of like an investment banker saying, yeah, I know about finances. <laughs> like, it, nevertheless, I am in my mid thirties, so there's a I've had right now I'm in a phase of life where I've got some breathing room. If I go out and I go and I have two glasses of wine, which for me is a lot. I'm only five foot three and I'm female and I'm an HSP and you know all the things. So if I have two glasses of wine, it's like woo, it's a party, and then the following day it's like oh, I feel kind of just okay. That breathing room also applied to, like, did I meditate today? Yes or no. Did I exercise today? Yes or no. Uh, did I journal today? Yes or no. Did I eat my Wheaties or you know, my vegetables? Yes or no. And that wiggle room was present. So there, I have some pretty good habits in place, which means on those days that I don't practice them, it's almost like I've got a savings account of energy, of capacity. That's the word I'll use. That savings account is whereas before I had the equivalent of like, you know, the thousand dollars everyone's supposed to have in their savings account for, you know, emergencies. Now my savings account is like 20 bucks. That's at least metaphorically speaking. So now, and I just, I did this last weekend. I went out for a social distance walk. So we maintained a six foot distance and he was kind enough to give me a mason jar of uh, fully cleaned and put, you know, uh, what's the word? Sterilized cup of wine, which I thought was very, like very thoughtful. So from six feet apart, we talked and we drank wine and it was almost normal. This, however, was uh, over a week ago before things continue, have continued to really kind of tighten. So anyway, I'm not going to be doing that anymore, basically. So I did that, and uh, the f I, we started talking about the economy and about you know the the insanity that we're in. I didn't even bother trying to get to sleep until 2 a.m. that night because my my heart rate went up due to the alcohol, and I was thinking about you know all of the things. I could have stopped and meditated, and I didn't. The following day, knowing, you know, having not gotten as good as sleep, I woke up and the first thing I did was move, and then I meditated. And the difference between the days that I engage in a practice and the days that I don't are so clear. In the past, when times are good, it's sort of like, yeah, you know, whatever. I, yeah, it feels good to do that, 
I, I'm pretty sure it's a good idea. <laughs> I've got research backing it up. I mean, even Harvard, like, it's not just for woo-woo people anymore. But now, ooh, I am seeing it in real time. If I do not sit and engage in a practice, my capacity is so much lower. And I don't have any breathing room anymore. It's I, it's so clear. Okay, so, but isn't, you know, most people are saying right now, but meditating right now is ridiculous. Are you kidding me? Right now? Yes. Exclamation point. No excuses. Uh-huh. See. We. <laughs> da. <laughs> I don't know how many times to say yes or in how many languages you want it, but exercise physically, we all are in agreement, is good for us. We've got all the research to back that up. And that's going to be true whether or not you're you're getting ready to go play a soccer game or a basketball game. It's just good for you. Well, meditation is the same thing as physical exercise, except it's for the brain. Your ability, or I should say my, what I've noticed for myself, my ability to sit for a practice, my the, the practices I've done up until this point are the reason that I'm surviving in the way that I am, that I'm able to maintain my sense of Maybe not calm, but at least copacetic-ness. That's not a word, but I'll make it up. It's a word now. (laughs) So what do I mean by meditation? Because, you know, there's a lot of myths around meditation and what that looks like. Um, Meditation is simply focusing your attention on a singular thing for an extended period of time. And, this is an important and, watching what happens to your brain in that process. So... The breath is probably the most common. I, you, know, you can sit and you breathe in, one, breathe out, count two, breathe in, count three, breathe out, count four, etc. And then maybe work your way up to 10. And then as soon as you get to 10, start over. If on in route to 10, your brain drifts and you go off into oblivion and you lose count, that's fine. Start with one. And it will probably do that over and over and over again. That's what brains are supposed to do. Just like the world is doing exactly what it's supposed to be doing, being a world, your brain will go off into a million different directions. That's the brain's job. Your role, though, is to notice that and see your brain when it does it. Because your ability to start recognizing the difference between the thoughts I'm having and me, the one having the thought, if you can start to cultivate that right now, then when times start really heating up, well, they are already heated up, but when, when you're faced with tough decisions in the, throughout the course of this, and I imagine we all are going to have to face tough decisions pretty flippin' soon, we already have had to face tough decisions. Do I stay home or do I go to work? Do I uh, risk going out for a walk? Do I risk going to the grocery store? I mean, whoa, that's where we live now. So can't stress enough how important it is to meditate. One myth, of course, is that, oh, well, if to meditate means to have a clear mind. It is not to have a clear mind. It is to practice focusing on something and to watch your unclear mind at work. That's all. So if you try and tell me, oh, I can't meditate. That's like, my brain won't slow down. Okay, so watch your brain in high-speed motion. That's still meditation. It might feel uncomfortable, but it is nevertheless meditation. Okay. The problem, though, with meditation is that when you're in a heightened state, it's really hard to just launch right in. 
I can testify to that. My clients can certainly testify to that. And in fact, a lot of yoga therapists and practitioners that I've worked with have said, yeah, you know, I honestly wouldn't recommend if you're right in the midst of panic mode to shift gears and try and meditate because you're basically watching your brain panic, which I guess is fine, but it's not going to, it, it, it might aggravate the system further. It might not. I mean, it's still interesting if you have the capacity to be curious and intrigued by it. So what I say to folks before you launch into a meditation, this brings me into point number two of how to be a part of the solution. Move your body first. I highly recommend that because we're all right now pumping out adrenaline, cortisol. And even if you're not panicking right now, a lot of us aren't, but we're uncomfortable. It's still requiring our bodies to produce adrenaline and cortisol in order to keep up that level of vigilance that we're all feeling. These stress hormones that we're pumping out is they're part of the reason we all are feeling that cycling of we're good, we're good, we're good. Oh God, I'm so tired. Oh, I don't think I'm going to make it. Oh, it's going to be okay. Oh God, am I going to lose my job? No, I'm going to, you know, we'll come out stronger in the end. Will we? (laughs) Um, If you're in the throngs of that, one of the best things you can do is move your body. That's where we hold our stress is in our body. So get out, get moving. Um, you know, I'm going to put in the notes, by the way, uh, all of the resources that, I'll, that you can use for this. So, for example, with meditation, uh, I highly recommend you can do something really simple like the breathing exercise I mentioned. There's also resources. Headspace is a great example. My personal favorite is the Waking Up app with Sam Harris. But really, anything. Um, I also do yoga therapy practice. If anyone's curious about that, reach out to me. I, you know, whatever you need. It's just having something in place, you know, to help support you with exercise. There's fitnessblender.com. It's a great, like, it's a great website. Lots of free videos. Uh, Nike Training Club. It's a fabulous app. There's even a cardio app for women alone. Go for it. I don't care. But yeah, just move your body and do it in a way that feels good. In order to have the energy to exercise, though, it does help if you've gotten enough sleep. So just like I mentioned a few minutes ago with regard to my like grievous error of drinking wine and talking about the economy with a close friend, um, maybe don't do that because alcohol diminishes your REM sleep, as does drinking too much caffeine. So it's tempting right now to be drinking a lot of alcohol and to be giving ourselves sedatives and so on. Uh, maybe don't do that, It'll, especially for highly sensitive people. It will ruin, you might feel like you get sleepy easier and you might feel more awake in the day with caffeine, but caffeine will make it harder to fall asleep and alcohol will diminish the quality of sleep that you get. So absolutely recommend instead shifting to things like chamomile tea, uh, having a really good uh, nighttime ritual, moving away from blue light, and getting as much sleep as you possibly can. Uh, Eight hours minimum if you've got the capacity for it. And at the very least, what I recommend to folks particularly my HSPs, is spend at least eight to 10 hours in bed. So even if you can't get the sleep, eight to 10 hours in bed, non-negotiable. You need that rest. We are highly sensitive people. We can't get away with some of the crap that other people can. The four to five hours of sleep business, not a good idea for us. Okay, but let's say that you didn't meditate. You haven't gotten your exercise. You didn't need your 80s. You didn't get good sleep. 
The next thing that I'll, I'll share with you in terms of being a part of the solution, be very discerning with how you share your space with others. And I don't just mean physical space with the people you live with. I mean emotional space with the people that you know and love and call on the telephone. For me personally, there have been days where I've, I call them the OMGs. Uh, like the day hits and I, my system's just on overload and it doesn't seem to matter what I do to make it better. It just can't cope today. And I can feel it. I can feel my nervous system go on high alert. I can feel when I'm low and hopeless. And I actively choose those days to avoid talking to people. I do not text people back. I do not call them. Instead, I, I tunnel inward. I do that not, and I'm, you know, there are of course wonder, there are times when it's appropriate to reach out and say, I'm at 10% right now. I, I'm, I'm really struggling. Can you help me? That's beautiful. That's being vulnerable. And that's still being discerning. You're making a solid request and you're, you're offering that up to a friend and then you're giving them an opportunity to accept your invitation. I'm talking about when you just emotionally vomit onto people, when you start bringing the blues to everyone around you, when you say, nope, nope, I know it. This is this, you know, we're all going to hell in a handbasket. That's just how it is. Okay, in what way is that useful to you? And what way is it useful to the people around you? It's not. And I know it can be hard because it's tempting to kind of recruit people to get into the, the, the negativity zone. And I'm not saying not to share your concerns with people. I'm not saying don't be vulnerable. What I am saying is don't vomit your emotions onto people. And that's a very different experience, even though it's a very subtle difference. So on the one hand, if I just call my friend and say, yep, I watched the news and let me update you on all of the crap that's going on in the world right now. Okay, well, did my friend need to know that information? Was that useful? So a great strategy to employ with it, with regard to this level of discernment, a friend of mine told this, evidently it was from uh, NA, so and AA. Ask yourself these three questions. Is the thing I'm about to say, is it necessary? Is it something that they really need to know? Is it honest? Are you being authentic about your expression? Are you being honest about your experience? And finally, is it kind? Are you doing something that is going to be kind for the other person? You can absolutely do all three of those things in the midst of despair. You can reach out to your friend and you can say, I'm really struggling. Can, and I, I don't know what to do. That's honest. It's necessary in that you're, you're asking for support that you need. And it's kind. You're not saying, you know... Yeah. you're not actively trying to scare your friend. You're simply saying to your friend, I'm struggling and I could really use some help. Can you help me? That's different from let me share with you all of the reasons that we're going to, to doomsday. So be really discerning with who you share your space with and how. Next one, this is kind of related. Bring in the light fluffies, my friend. I was just talking to a, like a very close friend of mine uh, the other day 
And I was honest with her. Very similar. It's like, this is a down day for me. I'm kind of having a hard time. And she, with as much compassion and kindness as she could muster, said, oh, honey, I mean, I've lived long enough at this point to be able to tell you light and fluffy is the way to go right now. Bring out the light fluffies. You know, watch comedy. Uh, Look at, you know, silliness. Anything that brings you a sense of warmth. Because as much as we all want to just shoulder the world on our shoulders and as competent as I think you are, Leah, she was saying to me, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't wish that upon you. And right now, keeping our heads, keeping our ability to just kind of, you know, finding those opportunities of joy, we're being a part of the solution when we do that. Because it's keeping our batteries charged up enough so when people really do need us, we can be there in a real way. If we just keep draining our batteries and going in, exhausting ourselves with problems we don't have solutions for, we're of no help to anyone. And I highly recommend, by the way, in terms of the light fluffies, I don't know how many of you have seen the movie Happy Feet 2. It is a cartoon. I know. But there's this really beautiful scene. So the storyline goes, uh, you know, they get a family of penguins are trapped because of uh, an avalanche meets iceberg that wedges them into a space that keeps them from being able to get to the water. And they're separated from one or two penguins who are above their trap and can move back and forth. And, you know, they've got more freedom of movement. And they recruit support from all different types of animals to get this avalanche moved like to to crack it just enough so that people can climb out and uh it's they sing the theme song under pressure and i'm watching this and it feels so good to watch all of these critters come together and collaborate and i know it's a childlike thing but i shared it with all of my very adult hsp friends and a couple of them even said i teared up a little it was really sweet (laughs) um so Light fluffies are good. Share the like the silly memes. Share the the hopefuls. You know, I, I shared a couple of videos that from authors of mine that had inspiring things to say. Seek out inspiration. You know, in seeking out that inspiration, watch what happens to your body when you observe things that bring you joy. I promise you. It will not just be a solution for yourself. It will give you the charge you need for when people need you. All right, so speaking of charging yourself up and keeping yourself full, food. Guys, this is a perfect opportunity to be eating well. We can't go out and eat. It's not an option. Like, you guys can't say anymore. Like, oh, but I really love my blah, blah restaurant. It's what we do. Not anymore, it ain't. (laughs) Not right now, it ain't. Like, take advantage. Um, Just as an example, in the upcoming month, uh, so on April 6th, uh, we're starting a 30-day cleanse. Um, It's not a cleanse like, you know, nothing but juice cleanse, but like whole foods, eating, you know, including a couple, like some protein shakes, uh, including some supplements. So if anyone's interested and wants to join in, please reach out to me by email. And if you're not, you're welcome to just simply follow along with me. But my God, what an opportunity. This is the time to eat your vegetables, to eat your fruit. And I know we're stressed and I know that eating sugar and salt and crunchy things are what we are craving. And that's okay. I'm not trying to shame anybody for wanting your pizza or wanting to eat the salty, crunchy, sweet things. That's fine. But if you have the capacity, every see it like an investment. Every vegetable you eat is packed full of micronutrients to help you stave off a virus. Become Teflon. 
viruses can't attach to you if your immune system is supported enough that it can fight off, fight it off. If you if there's nothing to latch onto, the virus can't disrupt your system. So be Teflon. Eat healthily. Eat you know have protein and fiber every couple of hours. Um, eat plenty of vegetables. Drink a ton of water. You know arm yourself. Don't just protect yourself with walls and staying behind closed doors. Arm yourself with nutrients. Which, by the way, speaking of, you know, protecting yourself, so arming yourself with good food. Also, yes, and this one has been said over and over and over and over again, so I don't think you're going to be shocked to hear it the 15th, umpteenth, 15 millionth time, but stay the flop home. Why stay home, though? I think a lot of people just kind of say it haphazardly and say, yeah, 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 flatten the curve, blah, blah, blah. Well, what does that really mean? It really, really what you're doing when you stay home is two things. You're protecting yourself and you're protecting others. And then on top of that, what there does seem to be an amount of research to support is the concentration of exposure that you get to this thing does seem to, like the lower the concentration, it does appear that that results in lower uh, intensity symptoms, even if you do contract it. So like if 15 people are around you and they all have it and they all sneeze on you at the same time, there does seem to be some correlation with the intensity of symptoms that you yourself might develop, which would make sense if your system gets just like inundated with a virus versus if it gets a small exposure, you can handle it a little bit better. So you're not, every time that you stay home, let's say that you have to go out and get your groceries, fine, go do it. Like if you have to go out because you have a dog, I do, and you go, fine. But every day that you stay home, you're also, and, and every time that you reduce your the quantity of time you spend out and about, you're also sort of giving yourself a leg up in that even if you get the damn thing, it won't be as intense, possibly. It's not definitive evidence, but there's certainly a correlation. And then of course, wash your hands like you've got OCD. So just to give you an idea of what a virus is, a virus is actually pretty much like a protected little protein that duplicates itself and it can't survive on its own. It latches to a host, i.e. you and I, and then it uses our system, like our cellular reproductive capacity, as a way of keeping itself alive by dividing and reproducing. It can't do that by itself. It's only protected by a thin layer of a fat. So that's why when you're washing your hands and you're, you're creating friction, you break that cell wall down really quickly and then it can't survive. So this is why washing your hands is so effective you're actually breaking apart the virus. You're not just sort of washing it off. You're killing it. You're diminishing its ability to get to you. And then of course, you know, seriously, don't touch your face. I, for me, I've had to do all kinds of workarounds. I've had to, like I've put coconut oil on my face, which makes it less like touchable. Um, I've, you know, when I'm at home, I mean, and then when I try and when I get anywhere near my face, I'm like, that's, I don't want to touch that. Um, I've had to, I've pulled my hair back every day now and it doesn't look attractive, but I'm not, you know, running my fingers through my hair all the time. I've had to do all kinds of silly workarounds. There's even some research that suggests that the reason why when people have masks that it's so helpful, it's not just that it's protecting yourself from the virus, but it reminds people not to touch your face. So. Number nine, share your gifts. So sharing your gifts that I'm not a nurse. I mentioned this last week. I'm not a doctor. I can't be on the front lines in that way. 
And it's really tempting to sit back and say, okay, what does the world need right now? What, what, what do they need? Well, the world, yeah, of course the world needs more nurses. It will always need more nurses. But this really gave me an opportunity to stand back and say, wait, no. My, like my most beloved quote, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go do that. Because what the world needs right now is more people who have come alive. I'm thinking about how I'm spending my time. I'm not spending my time talking to nurses. Not yet. I'm spending my time listening to podcasts from people who inspire me. I'm spending my time watching movies with my puppy. I'm spending my time doing at-home workouts. I'm spending my time talking with friends over Zoom. Like These are the things I'm doing. And when I'm at work, I'm coaching my clients. I'm talking them off the ledge. You know, when I'm podcasting, I'm like, what do I have to contribute? I know how to think. I know how to wonder. I know how to write. I know how to facilitate a space for people. I I know how to reflect and to speak on a podcast. I know how to coach. Uh, I know how to lead classes. Like, these are my gifts. These are the things that I've honed and that I've developed in in my craft. So that's what I'm trying to do right now. I'm trying to share... This is my contribution. What's your contribution? What is it that you love to do? Is it art? Is it music? Is it writing? Is it underwater basket weaving? Is it dancing? It might seem superfluous and silly, but we need superfluous and silly right now. We need to see people who are alive and not just surviving. That's what's going to have us pull through this thing, not being afraid and bunkering in and, and you know, hiding from the world. I mean, certainly staying home from the world is, that's a good idea. But what are your gifts and how can you share them in a way that doesn't cause harm? And then finally, this is also extremely important. Remember that when it's not okay, that's okay. When I referred to my, some of those, the OMGs days that I've had, where I've been discerning with who I share the space with, because I'm not just concerned about, you know, potentially passing on a an actual real virus, but I also don't want to spread the virus that is panic to other people when I'm in a moment of panic. But during those days, I'm not judging myself for the panic that I'm feeling or for the weariness that I'm feeling. I'm simply allowing that experience to be what it is. And so if you find yourself in a place where it's like, you know what, I don't have the capacity for meditation, for vegetables, for I just, I'm barely making it, man. I'm I, I'm struggling today. It's okay. And you, you don't have to bring out sunshine and lollipops or poop out roses. It's okay that it's not okay. Allow that for yourself. Because in allowing that for yourself, you're mirroring that out to the world. Like with your children, with your family, if you say, I'm just not in a good space right now, and you allow that for yourself, your kids will watch and observe and see you practicing self-compassion. So that's my whole shindig on how to be a part of the solution. And I, as I mentioned, and in the notes, I'm going to be putting in some resources that I think might be helpful. So again, with meditation, uh, the Headspace app, the Waking Up app, uh, Calm.com is a really good one. For exercise, put on some music and dance in your pajamas. You know, it doesn't have to be fancy, but if you like structure, Fitness Blender, uh, Do You Yoga, Yoga with Adrian, uh, Nike Training Club, all great examples. In terms of practicing discernment, 
if there, if you need help with that, reach out to me, like send me an email and just say, you know, I, I'm, I think I just need someone to complain to for a minute. And I don't know that I want to share it with my people. I mean, this is what I got folks. I can listen. <laughs> so send me an email if you want help with bringing in the light fluffies. You know, Instagram can be extremely powerful and Facebook, I mean, as much as we poo poo on social media, especially I do because, you know, as a HSP, but I've curated a really, I've, I've been very deliberate with social media and I've curated it so that I only see things that I find inspiring. And it was because I just happened to pull up Instagram that I saw a video from an inspiring author that, and it completely changed, it was a game changer. So expose yourself to things that, you know, are there podcasts? You know, for me, it's uh, the Making Sense podcast. Uh, I really love The Minimalists, although I think they are now, they have a paywall uh, with theirs, but, you know, that's fine. Um, Brene Brown has a podcast called Unlocking Us. Certainly, you know, Joe Rogan is great. Uh, If you're looking for other podcasts around highly, for highly sensitive people, I would recommend the Gentle Rebel podcast with Andy Mort. Uh, there's 10% happier with, you know, Matthew Walker, you know, the Ted radio hour. There's any number of podcasts that are just stellar. Uh, if you, if you need the light fluffies, if you need something to just keep your mind focusing on something that's positive, there's no end to the options. Eating well, if you need some help with that, definitely feel free to reach out to me. I'm, I have crazy amounts of information with regard to food, way more than any human should. Like, So ask. And then if you're looking for websites, uh, there's, I mean, God, there's so many. One of them was, um, oh, she glows. It's uh, vegan primarily, but you can always add meat if you're an omnivore. Uh, there's, you know, you could do like the whole 30 programming. You can, I mean, really anything just look up healthy eating and a ridiculous quantity of websites will populate, uh, in terms of sharing your gifts, again, feel free to reach out to me, you know, say, I don't really know what my gifts are. I'm happy to have a conversation where we can kind of sift through that. And well, what does that look like for you? Like I'm, I, I have a community right now and it's for highly sensitive people. It's $5 a month and I put that paywall in partially to help me in making this content, you know, uh, not just functional, but like sustainable. But if you can't serve, like you can't uh, afford $5 a month right now, just send me an email. Let me know. I'll give it to you for free. Like, let me know. This is what I've got to work with, folks. So in any way that I can serve. And then the final thing I want to say is... On April 11th, I'm having a Zoom meetup where we engage in some of these practices. So uh, please go to my website, www.thehealthysensitive.com, and look for upcoming events. The link for the Zoom meetup is right there in that tab. I'll be sharing it on Facebook, uh, and I'm going to be having these running all the, like every every two weeks. Um, I was going to do it weekly, and then I felt for highly sensitive people, that might be a little much. I don't want to add to the noise. I'm, I'm trying to be a again, a part of the solution. So please reach out. Uh, you can, I'm happy to talk with you one-on-one you can please come to the meetup group. The meetup group does not require any amount of money. I'm just providing a space for people. Um, if you want to join the community, what I do when I'm done with each of those meetups is I film them and like in the content that we go over and then I put it into the online community so that you can access it at any time because I record them. 
So if you want to be part of the community, please join. I don't want the reason that people don't get access to those resources to simply be that they thought they couldn't afford it. Um, I have online uh, classes that I'm putting out. I'm putting out workbooks, like you name it. Or I've got a 30-day cleanse coming up. Like anything you think might be helpful, please ask. And again, if you are afraid that you can't afford it, just say so in your email. Like I'm, I just lost my job, but I really want to take care of myself. I don't know what to do. I am offering myself up as a resource. Uh, yeah. So just putting that out there. I hope you are well out there. I hope that you're, if you're an introvert like me, you're on at least on some level enjoying that the super duper validation you're getting for you know being a homebody. <laughs> um, and as always, just uh, at, if you want to email me, it's Leah at thehealthysensitive.com. And you're also, you can go find me through my website, www.thehealthysensitive.com. And um, I'm just wishing you all the good things, you know, loving kindness. May you, may you have peace. <laughs> may you be free from suffering. <laughs> uh, may you be healthy. <laughs> May you be happy, whatever that looks like for you. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Bye-bye.